So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you, but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. So, all right, I need to uh, stop doing the same intro every time on the podcast. So um, today I'm starting a new leaf. Uh, we have John Pinch, longtime friend, uh, photographer extraordinaire, uh, rifle shooter extraordinaire, and hunter, uh, as well as uh, land, I guess you would be a landscape maintenance expert. There you go. Nailed it. I got, I had to, <laughs> and you skied like forever. <laughs> Yeah, you, you oh, were. Oh yeah, I like skiing. We actually went skiing the other day. It was, it was up to went up to Hoodoo. Girl, you know where that's at. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. My boys are getting into that now. They're pretty hooked on skiing. So yeah, so, so. good. Well, yeah. So John, for those who uh, haven't listened in before, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you're doing, all that stuff. Yeah. Can I? Can I say? I, this is. I gotta say, we just we just did. I don't know. I don't want to shit on your recording skills, but you've done a million of these, but we just did a long one of these and it deleted it. So we're starting over. So pardon me. Well, let me, let, <laughs> let me tell the full story. There was actually yeah, four yeah, other ones. As well, because I mean, it's hard to do. It's hard to like, we, went, we just talked for a couple hours. Awesome. And then it's like, it's like, he's like, Hey, are you busy? I was like, I can make time. He's like, we got to redo it. So anyway, so we're we'll kind of a different conversation where it's like, we just said this, but we didn't say it. So here we are. Yeah, it uh well, if anybody's going to cry on a pillow for me, I lost four or five podcasts that just flat out did not record. So hopefully this one does record. Um I don't know what happened. Maybe I'll find them, maybe I won't. We'll see. But um but either way, round 2 uh on yep. let's see January 12th. <laughs> John Pinch. There we go. Uh, there we go. Yeah. So, so no, I grew up, uh, I mentioned this, you know, different times before over the years with you, but just grew up Washington, uh, Washington state, Northwest till I was 15, 16, moved to Oregon, been here since. So same climate, same kind of area of the country. Uh, grew up like a lot of you guys hunting with pellet guns, BB guns, Slingshots, 22 shotguns, and the progression goes. Loved it. Couldn't not hunt all the time. I mean, daylight till dark with the pellet gun. All that evolved over the years. Uh, real competitive person growing up. Um, sports, skiing, competitive skiing. Um, and then kind of got into work and just worked a lot. Less, less competitive outlet. Did a lot of, you know, like I said, shooting guns, got into archery, was really into that for quite a while, and then found out about long-range shooting, you know, I don't know, it's 20 years, 20, 15, 20 years ago, started doing that. It's been a long time of reloading and learning learning the ropes, got really hooked on that, found out about kind of long-range shooting competitions, and that kind of sparked a competitive outlet for me. I mean, I, I, I hit it real hard about six years ago, but, you know, seven, eight years ago, kind of hit a couple of these shoots, really liked it. I was like, man, that kind of satisfies that competitiveness that I was missing. You know, you get some of that in work and some of that in different areas, but like hunting, just personal competitiveness. And then uh, hit that pretty hard. So since then, still a lot of hunting, um, a lot of these long range shooting competitions, hunting style and precision rifle series style, um, love them both. 
And here we are. Got a great wife, a couple kids, uh, got a lot of family in this area. Unfortunately, we live in Oregon, which is beautiful, but politically a disaster. Um, uh, I don't live by Portland for everybody. Well, I, when I, I work in Georgia sometimes, and everyone's like, they, I live in Oregon, so they just assume I'm from Portland. They're like, what's Portland like? And I was like, I don't live there. I have to fly out of there. It's a disaster. So that's my Oregon disclaimer. So, <laughs> Well, there, there you go. This is weird doing it the <laughs> second time. I'm not going to lie. It is. Uh, okay. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be better. So uh, John, John and I have hunted uh, quite, a, quite a bit together. Um, you know, it, what, what we had discussed earlier in the podcast was like, all points of the compass from John's mm-hmm. adventures hunting to well, then we got start talking about wildlife management, things like that. But to be fair to Jerry, Jerry re- really wanted to hear before I skip over it, because I talked to you and <laughs> Jerry wanted to hear yeah. about some of your adventures specifically. You know, you've got some videos going on this year you're going to have out, but some of the, the hunts you were on this year. Yeah. So yeah, we kind of went through those and like you said, ended up on some crazy topics that was fun to talk about, but I wasn't necessarily an expert. I'm not an expert on, but yeah, hunting wise, a lot of you guys know, like I've been able to go, we, uh, again, I've talked about this in prior episodes. I've been able to hunt some very high end hunts, high dollar hunts that my budget doesn't allow for with a, a good buddy I grew up with since I was like one, you know, since we, our families knew each other. So known this guy forever he's done really really well financially and so it ends up we go on these hunts together and he'll grab tags for me which is just it still blows my mind and it's it's hard to even fathom but i've been able to go on these crazy hunts so a couple years back we've been hunting off of just these crazy places hunting you know going be able to go on sheep hunts and i met you on a goat hunt where you know ben had a a governor's tag and these 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 really special you know unique hunts maybe more rare hunts than a lot that i was used to growing up certainly with just regular over-the-counter archery stuff but um we morphed from that a couple years ago we started talking about the north american 29 which is you know chasing the big the 29 big game animals in north america for all the elk deer species sheep goat antelope bear caribou you know moose the whole the whole deal and we were started adding up numbers we never even thought about it but we started kind of tallying up where we punted and what we've got and you know we're 16 17 18 different species we're like well that's crazy and start looking at the remainder like that could be kind of a fun thing to work on and so this year was kind of a culmination of that where ben was like dude we could do this in a, like three four years and then he gets his brain going he's super goal oriented and he's like dude we could do this and like one or two years and i'm like that's insane i'm gonna lose everything i've got my family everything i'll be gone for 12 months a year so anyway you just just went crazy booking hunts and so i had just an absolutely insane uh year and i don't it's hard to even go into you could do an episode each one but i did i did doll sheep in the territories i went from there to alaska peninsula out in cold bay and hunted caribou I went up to Uniclete, Alaska, to the east of Nome, you know, a little ways, hunted grizzly and moose, I then Alaska moose, and then I went to Canada, hunted Canadian moose, then I went to Newfoundland and hunted woodland caribou, and then we went to the Arctic and hunted central barren ground caribou and polar bear. Uh, I did not, been hunted polar bear, um, it was just, 
it was a, a year that's hard to even, I'm done with it and I can't even, it's, it's insane. The time spent, the, 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 the travel, the opportunity, it was, it was amazing. So, I mean, we could go into any of them. I don't know. You, you're familiar with some of those hunts. Um, some of them are better than others. Some of them are, they're, they're all generally outfitted. Um, can't hunt sheep up there without guides. Uh, in Canada, where we hunted, you have to have guides for all of it. Um, you can do DIY moose up there, but we went with Lance Kronberger's outfit up there, just a killer outfit. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where to go with, with all that or how much you even want to get into it, but um, it was it was incredible. <laughs> um, we, we filmed a bunch of it. We're going to be putting out some just some short films. I don't have a whole, a big agenda behind it. There'll be like probably eight to 10 minute type of films, just kind of showing what it's like. Like I want to show my, like I want to take all my buddies and, and you can't, right. But I'm like, Hey, I just want to show them like, dude, check this out and just be able to, I don't want to puff my chest up or any of that. Look at me. Like I'm not, I hate that stuff. You, you know me. I was just like, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I inhaled my coffee. <coughs> um, I just want to show people like, some of these places because they're super cool. So anyway, yeah, and the videos, the videos <laughs> looked. Uh, I mean, they're pretty, pretty freaking amazing from the little clips that I, you know, got to to look at. And you know, the the thing is, is like, uh, yeah. you know, those are hunts that most people are not going to be able to to go on. So being able to watch them when they're you know done correctly, is, you know, it's it's yeah. hard to. You can tell somebody about those areas, but it's just not doing it. Even the video doesn't do it justice. It gets it closer. No. <laughs> yeah. Like I've, I've been into picture photography, you know, a lot because of you early on, but, um, but yeah, pictures are one, you tell people about it, then you can show them pictures and you can show them video. Unfortunately, videos as close as we're going to get, but it's, um, we got some good stuff. It's, you just, you can't, the feeling you get when you get dropped off in some of those places, you're just like, Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know if that transfers through the video. A lot of times it doesn't, but we'll do our best and it'd be kind of just kind of a different angle. Um, but yeah, I've got some, I just got like some 60 second clips on my Instagram of a few, a few of the places, just not much dialogue, just some tutorial stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. It's just, it's been a crazy, you're again it's like super grateful pretty unreal some of those hunts like territory sheep hunt is to me is like near the top of the list um it's hard to you know there's a lot of caribou species um some of them are kind of funny it's more about where you go and the people you meet than actually hunting the animals like it's just kind of a small little, like woodland caribou kind of a small little caribou but a really cool area great people cool experience over there we flew into st john's newfoundland met the newfies got listen to how they talk and go to some of those pubs down in st john's on the you know the east coast of atlantic there and pretty in october it's kind of a cool cool experience um super old harbor uh, just history and some of the locations is really cool um with some of those times but yeah it was a it was a cool year it was fun <laughs> well and it's uh yeah you know what when we when we had talked earlier um, when I asked John about hopping on the podcast, John was actually listening to a podcast I did with someone else, um, that led us into this long wormhole that we dove down where lots of different rabbit holes, uh, wormholes, whatever. And, 
you know, it was about the, the, you know, most of it, what we covered was the experience that you want when you're hunting and how do we get good experiences and, and, and maybe help uh, people understand, you know, what we may need to sacrifice to get better experiences. Now, the hunts that all the ones that John went on are are higher dollar, um, you know, type of, Mm -hmm. of, of hunts. And, but that is not, John was raised as poor as I was. Um, and as you, you know, as you get older and you, you know, hopefully you're progressing your career or whatever, you know, you can afford a little bit more hunts or maybe can go on a guided hunt or afford a landowner tag or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was, the the podcast he was talking about was the one with um Matt Ranella of um hunt hunt uh hunt with your mouth shut what's he called hunt quietly or hunt, hunt, hunt quiet or something yeah hunt yeah quiet. so the kind of the genesis of some of this was after I got back from my doll sheet he commented on a post I the Griffin Grand that he hates apparently I didn't know who he was I you know obviously I knew who Steve Ranella was I didn't know who Matt was and he posted, I was like, is that the same? I was like, what is this? He posted a link to, I think it's how quietly I was like, I don't even know what this is. So clicked on it, read it. Okay. He doesn't like social media. It's fair enough. I get it. I probably agree with him about most everything. Um, I think his angles is, it's his, the real, the reality of it, what he wants to happen happen is not going to. So what can we do to fix that? So that's kind of how it started. And then we talked, we were, I was working in Atlanta. We, we talked on the phone the other day and you were doing a podcast with him. So I was just listening to it actually just, just last night I was listening to it. And, um, and it was, it was an interesting discussion. Um, and so we just kind of rolled into that and, I, and, and being growing up with nothing and, you know, I remember when resident deer tag was expensive to me back in the day when I was young, Man, I got to, I didn't like buying duck stamps. I didn't like, I mean, it was, a, I had to go buy my hunt license. So when you're a teenager, not making any money, it's a lot of money. Um, three times it changed a little bit, but, um, you know, we kind of go from there to where I've been able to be in these camps with multimillionaires and billionaires hunting tags. You know, you see these tags, 30, 40, 50, a hundred thousand dollar tags that just stuff that blows your mind, you know, governor sheet tags going, I mean, Montana break sold for 400 plus years back. These Oregon tags selling for a 200 plus, like it's a, there's a different world of hunting that just blew my mind when I was like, Oh, this is, this is insane. And, and, and some of the, some of that whole discussion of like, I want those kind of experiences. Part of sharing some of these videos even is like, want people to be able to see what it's like to go to area with no people and tons of game. Like it makes hunting unbelievable versus the normal stuff around here, pull up to a, you know, a trailhead or a timber company gate with 10, 15, 60 trucks, like depending on where you go, like that's it's hunting is very different. It means different things to different people. And some of the experiences are a plus plus and some of them are, not so good. So I don't know. We went down a long rabbit hole with that on the last one. <laughs> well, I want to dive into, you know, some of it because, it, you know, yeah. you, you look at things from your own optics or your own, I don't know, like I, I'll talk to certain, you know, specific people that have only really hunted private land or only really hunted. Um, it's easy to trophy hunt when you when you're surrounded by trophies, however you get there. 
Um, yep. it's, uh, it's, it's easy to, uh, you know, slap on the, I'm a public landowner and let's do some pint nights and, uh, I'm, I'm heading in. Yeah. I've got a solid 5.7% chance of killing something. Uh, and I don't mm-hmm. mind trucks everywhere. Right. And, and so you got all of these different things. And, and one of the things I had talked to was Chris Rowe on the phone. He and I had a very long phone call the other day and he had mentioned and, and it not in a negative way, but some Western hunters are a little bit kind of like, like, like welfare, right? So you, you experience, mm-hmm. um, and don't be yelling at me for saying that, although I do agree with Chris on a lot of what he said, the more I've gotten to hunt and traveled throughout, throughout the world, um, especially Midwest, down south, back east on the whitetail stuff. When you've got skin in the game and you're managing your land, the hunting is better. It it just is, right? You've you're you're taking yep. care of the animal population, you're practicing QDMA or whatever they call it now, you know, trying to shoot an older yep. age class, shooting cold bucks, whatever. Um, when you go back to to the west, when you head back west, you've got the public land, um, you know, lots of national forest. And what I was kind of harping on, what he brought up, because I was talking about that, you know, I want to get it to where there's better opportunity. And he was bringing up, do you, do you, you know, we need, you know, and I was too caps and no, no more over the counter draw. And I said, but man, I get hated on for that. And he's like, Aaron, you've got to remember, you remember what it was like back in the day where you had a legitimate chance of having an amazing hunt. You had a lit for deer and elk. But when you fast forward, the people heading out in the woods recently, that is their back in the day. That's all they know. And that's their experience. And I'm thinking, how the hell would you want to go with that chance of, of killing an animal? Why wouldn't you want it better? Well, if you don't know any better, right? If you're raised in poverty your whole life, a uh, Snickers bar once a month is amazing. Yeah. Where Kids in America, you eat them every day. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. We yeah, talked a yeah. lot about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, and to, to narrow the, the, the welfare thing, is that in regards to access to land where back east you're doing your own thing, you own it, you do it, and out here we just get to go on free land and we take it for granted type of thing? Is that kind of the welfare yeah. comparison? Yeah, part of it. And in, in, in Obviously, that's a very broad stroke, but I got to the more I talked with Chris, I understood it and agree, agreed with it, is that mm-hmm. with the overpopulating, uh, the, the, the high, you know, the increased number of hunters, the overcrowding, um, oh, yeah. you know, the things that Renella talked about that you and I agree with, what yeah. do you do to fix yeah. that? Well, I, I yeah. had brought up and I, I, you and I had already talked about this once because I'm not smart enough to operate mm-hmm. the recorder. I am all for limiting the amount of tags, but the state needs the money. The Forest Service needs the money. We don't have enough game wardens already. So why not charge more for the tag? What's that? (laughs) That's a bold statement. I know. Well, we got to get Matt Allwine on here to talk about that. Oh, my buddy Matt, you need to. I I love Matt. I do too. He just did a podcast with with a... with a mutual friend uh, of us of ours yesterday that'll be coming out soon. Um, so it'll be, he goes, it went really well. He goes, we even talked about, we talked about my past. He goes, I mean, yeah, yeah, you should. He's fun. Yeah. Who was it? Where, who do you do it with? Or it was is with that, Dan Staten. Oh, I like Dan. Dan's funny. Um, 
Mm. Yeah, so they had a good talk. Everybody's got a past, right? Nobody's perfect. Dude, and if you don't, I don't want to – I want history. I, I, I don't know. I mean, people's past are interesting. You learn stuff. Like, life is a good teacher. You go through some crap. I feel like you come out the other side pretty good. I'm not endorsing anything, whatever, but I don't know. Life, life circumstances make interesting people. That's like listen to Rogan talk about his comedian buddies. They're all a disaster, but he goes, they're the most interesting people there are. Yeah. Well, same thing with hunting and life in general. Like, you know, you meet somebody that's well-versed in, in hunting. They, you know, I don't, we're about to dive down a rabbit hole here. I talked about this a little bit before on a different podcast, I think, but explaining things to my wife and you have all this stuff going on with people getting popped for illegal activities and whatever. And the reality is, and there's going to be people that listen to this that are going to be like, yeah. And there's other going to be people that are like, that's totally not true. You're driving down a dirt road in the middle of let's pick a neutral state, Nebraska. And on that dirt road, on the right side of that road is unit eight. And the left side of the road is unit nine. Most people, as they leave the hotel that day to go hunt mule deer, aren't thinking they're going to poach that day. But as you're driving down that road and it's in the middle of nowhere and in unit nine, there's a 209 inch mule deer. And it's 50 yards off the road. Most people I know either have done it, have thought about doing it, or may do it that day if they think they can get away with it, shooting that deer, illegal or not. That is fact, right? Mm -hmm. Whether game wardens listening in or anything else, it crosses my mind, and I would be a fucking liar if I said it didn't because it's 200 inches. And I am not a trophy hunter. What I was explaining to my, my, my wife, and I explain to anybody when I do seminars, what it is is a game of, of inches, right? That animal is big enough. And I've made this comment and I hope game wardens listening in understand this comment for what it's worth. That's the size of deer that'll make you poach or that, that is a type of an elk that'll, and some people get the the quip, the joke is if it was a doe, no one's given it. Well, not no one. Some people doesn't cross cross your mind. Yeah. hundred percent. The bigger the deer, I don't even want to, I don't want to even say my relation or whatever, how I know this person, but a person worked with a cop in Oregon, followed every law ever, went out and shot one of those decoy deer, because it was a big old buck, and he just got him. <laughs> and he got a ticket, and he's like, I deserved it. But he goes, I did it. <laughs> and it's like, it's a guy that, it was a cop. It was OSP. And you're like, you know, and you're, whatever. I mean, I, it's, yeah. I, again, if someone wants to be all high and mighty, go for it. I mean, it, But yeah, the reality is reality. And that's the thing. It's like, I was explaining to Amy, I said, if like, let's say right now I've got lots of enemies. If I did it, I am going to people that I know have done it that don't like me are going to be on their poacher. He should be hung up, strung in jail. And it's like, look, man, Mm -hmm. you've done some dirt. Right. And when I was younger, I was, I was crazier, but Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to explain to my wife and onset hunters is when that happens, right, you're going to be forced to make a choice and you're going to have a devil on your left shoulder. And that devil's going to be like, no one's around, right? Like yep. no one yep. can see it. Yep. It's not that big of a yep. deal. You're going to have a little angel on your right shoulder saying it's not the right thing to do. You're in the wrong unit. Sometimes yep. the devil wins that day. And yeah. I will say yeah. the devil won when I was younger, right? However you want to look at it. Like yep. I was crazy when I was yeah. younger. 
I got too much to risk and everything now, but people don't like to talk about these subjects. And that is the bottom line. I have known guys that have followed every rule in the book, like every rule, like stop shooting five minutes before you're even supposed to stop shooting guys. And then I guess like, you know, a 383 bull was what drew him. The, the <laughs> devil was strong that day. And I they do. It's a moment of weakness. Talk about life in every aspect. We're not just talking about hunting. No one's perfect. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I like that a lot of people pretend they are, though. That's for dang sure. Well, yeah. And, they are. Oh, oh. And, 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 and Robbie Denny said it best. He was like, if you tell me you've hunted your whole life, you've never poached, you're a liar. You have. You may not have meant to. But you have, because yep. it's hard to yeah. follow every every rule or whatever. Yeah. And it, as yeah. people have figured out, uh, when I was younger, I don't know what all I did wrong because I didn't really care. But yeah, and then you grow up, right? You get, you know, you you you, you develop as a human, and you learn right and wrong, and what yep. you know, whatever. Yep. Well, um, I don't know how we got on this subject, <laughs> but other than I don't know either, but it is oh, funny. Matt that's how we did. Oh, my boy Matt. <laughs> Alwine. Yeah. And I, I like Matt. And, but Matt made mistakes when he was younger and he's admitted to it and whatever. And I, I like Matt. Matt's a good, good dude. And I've, I've known other people that have broken the law and I, I don't like them. And it's not that, you know, there's very few things in life that, um, you know, you can make them as cheat on your taxes, whatever. I mean, a lot of things are forgivable, some things aren't. I'm not going to, I'm going to distance myself from somebody that, um, maybe, um, for, for certain reasons than I, than I am would others or what, you know what I mean? Like I have a few buddies that have history 10 years ago, did something wrong. They served their time. They did whatever. I don't hate them for it. Right. And, and not, not, not a huge deal. And and I'm going to get a lot of hate mail over this or whatever, because everyone is, is perfect. I am not, I've done all kinds (laughs) of dumb things. So Matt though, Matt is a good dude. Talks a lot of shit. If you're sensitive, probably don't want to follow along, but I can't remember. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) I said, or do (laughs) the other day he had a, a scope that he had a plunger on the end of it. Oh yeah, and <laughs> I'm like only Matt, right? I tell you, I could tell you that story offline. Mm. I mean, I had something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! It was, it was, yeah, it was yeah. comical. Well, he got he got into well, whatever. He just got into a tip. It's not about the brand. It was about some guys that shoot for the brand. They were being pretty ridiculous offline and so he's like i'm just gonna troll them a little bit they'll know who they are no one else will and it'll be fun and so that's what he did so yeah and matt's i will say matt is a very lethal individual in multiple facets of of hunting oh yeah he is an amazing archer um i I mean ridiculous yeah but very very good here i mean i think if he could if he stay focused on i mean he beat some of the top names and he went to a shoot, was it last year? He hadn't shot, because he'd been shooting rifle stuff with me, and he hasn't shot uh, bows at all, and he just went and hung shot for shot with the guy that just won, I don't know the guy's, Kyle, I can't remember. Kyle Douglas. Some big time. Yeah, Kyle Douglas. Some, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. It was some big time guy, because I don't, I mean, I know Levi and a few guys, but I don't follow it good enough to the archery side. But anyway, he just, he, didn't pick up a bow in a year and he just he, like he was we were in a group chat we had me and a couple of buddies so talking every day but he was just like, grabbed his bow he took a video picking his bow off the top of the freezer in the shop just covered in dirt you know i hose it off outside went to the shoot 
pretty impressive. So he's got some natural talent for sure. So the, the guy can shoot, but anyway. Well, yeah, he, you got to I knew Matt when Matt was like really little. Um, you know, when I was shooting in Oregon and Washington and, and he, he has always been a very good shot. He got in some trouble. Uh, if anybody ever saw me make some Magellan Garmin comments in the last few years, it was just <laughs> poking fun at Matt. Um, but yeah, the thing is, 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 is Matt is, is fun to hang out with. He's just funny and you hang out with oh, him yeah. way more than me, he's but riot. yeah, he's, all the time. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's texting me right now, actually, out of the blue. I wasn't, or not out, we talk every day, but he doesn't know I'm talking about him. His ears are probably burning. Tell him, uh, so. tell him Aaron got you a late Christmas present. He got you a GPS. <laughs> I'll, I'll write that right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, so, <laughs> off the subject of uh, unit eight and nine and, and mule deer, um, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, 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 how you know how hunter uh numbers are up and overcrowding and all of these different things one of the things that chris and i talked about is where you have to look at like when he kind of said the welfare thing people go up in arms about price increases and things like that and one of the things that i had had kind of focused on was if an in-state elk tag was fifty dollars and you have a five percent chance of shooting an elk at fifty if you limited the tags or increased the price or whatever, not to make it a rich man's sport, but to have a little more skin in the game, would it be willing yeah. to pay $250 uh, for a tag with a better opportunity, limited numbers, you might not be able to go every year uh, hunting yeah. and and look at it that way for, for not just the greater good of what you want, but a, a better experience, but also the greater good of habitat, wildlife management. Um, that's also what brought up that I, I, I'm going to get made fun of for my friends. There isn't enough game wardens out there. Now, you don't want to see one, right? I mean, especially if you're nope. doing some dirt, nope. but I, I am nope. a fan of... I have had a few game wardens recently that have really, uh, you know, in the last few years that have made me appreciate game wardens a lot more. Uh, there was a guy in Idaho, super cool Logan out in Colorado, uh, Dawson, um, a, a guy, a super good, I say a good friend, as, as good a friend as you can be with a guy like me to a game warden. Dawson's a good dude. And, <laughs> really showed me that yeah. they're, you know, what, what a good game warden can be like, right? They're going to write yeah. you a ticket if you're doing something wrong. But I ask a lot of questions to make sure if I'm about to commit a crime, I'm going to ask it so I don't commit it. Very open, yeah. gave me their cell phone numbers. Hey, I'm about to do this. Nope, don't do it. Hey, I'll come help or whatever. Great people. They don't yeah. get, you know, there's not enough of them out there, especially in, in units that, that there's a lot of hood rat shit going on. It takes money oh, to yeah. do that. Well, I mean... Yeah, no, I've seen it. I mean, I was hunting in Colorado following these resident guys. They were in their side-by-side in a cab in November. I was right behind them on the four-wheeler, just going down this trail that splits off. I was going one way, they were going the other. But before it split, I'm tailgating them. Just We're just cruising along in the morning. They don't know I'm there. I'll slam on the brakes. They're flying. Slam on the brakes. Barrel comes out the side of the side-by-side. I look over into the thick sage we're driving by. They dump a mule deer. They jump out and run to it. They still don't see me. I'm 20 yards behind them. They run over into the brush, look at the deer, and then they don't see me until they're walking back to their side-by-side just because they're so in the moment. And then they just panic because they were leaving it. So they left. I glassed it up that night. They never moved the deer. I called the game warden. 
And they tried, but they could. They just don't have enough guys. And same thing, not enough guys. Believe me, I don't like running into them. But yeah, there's there. It seems like there's definitely spots where you could really cut down on, you know, on some on some shenanigans with a few more guys. But yeah, I think your con the concept of more money. The problem is here. There's a lot of guys that have fishing game meetings and stuff. We're like, hey, we need to cut tag numbers. Government's not going to do it. They're not going to vote themselves a pay cut. That's the reality. I think everybody knows that. They have to have the money coming in. Once the government actually gets used to money, it doesn't go away. And so the only way to do that is like, fine, cut tag numbers and raise prices. That's a logical discussion versus Matt Ranella, what we were talking about. It's like, yeah, if you could get rid of social media and grip and grants and TV and everything, that's not going to happen. So like, it's like, it's a, it's like a theoretical discussion, but it's it's pointless. Like I like seeing Griffin grins with my buddies, you know. And it is what it is. It's available. It's not going anywhere. So let's talk about what you can do. And I feel like, I mean, bringing that up and changing some prices and and doing that is a pretty logical way and something that could potentially be done. I don't know who the right people need to be, to, you know, talk to or how that comes about, but. Man, that seems like 30 bucks for a tag now. That's a quarter tank of gas. Like everybody can afford $30. You get 20 bucks an hour to start a McDonald's anymore, like in, in Oregon anyway. Yeah. Well, and you, we're going to, we're going to have to do something. And so to, to try to put a little yeah. more context in this with what uh, Chris and I were talking about on the phone and I'm, I'm going to have him probably on a seven hour podcast because there's all kinds of <laughs> we're going down back yeah. in the day. It was legitimate to shoot 155 to 170 inch deer. And this is Colorado, relatively easy backpacking into a wilderness area and a decent elk. It's not like that anymore on the, and when I say that, that's over the counter public land. And so you, you get, um, and I don't want to get into the BHA thing too, too much, but you get some of these different groups, um, you know, where's that money going? Is it helping? You know, obviously picking up trash, doing th- those are all good things, right? Cleaning up the environment. But the the bigger picture is, are those, I mean, it, it is public land. And when you buy a tag, only like 30 bucks uh, goes to, um, well, and Chris has the exact numbers I don't have in front of me, but $30 yeah. per person for that trespass fee, right? You're trespassing onto public land, that fee to go out there and hunt. Yeah. You can go out there any other time, which is another subject about charging yeah. just to hikers. get to hikers or, or even, even hunters or yeah. whatever to go out. Um, yeah. It's not that much. So if you raise that up, not to a rich man's sport, but a little bit more money, I'm not trying to like, you know, John and I are both born with nothing for years until recently we've been able to do more things charging for shed hunting, right? That's a resource grown on public land. The sheds fall off and there's like yep. lines, like lines, like people camping at midnight to get first in line. Some of these shed hunting areas charging for that. And it's like, why the hell? It's free. It's whatever. And that's what he's talking about. Is it free? Yeah. It's not free, right? <laughs> it's public yeah. land, but it costs a lot to maintain that shit. It costs a lot of payroll, you know, obviously any t- habitat, relocation of animals. There needs to be more money. And obviously as I'm growing and maturing, like I got to not worry about fucking me, right? I've got to worry yeah. about me- when I meaning what I want. Yeah, I want to have uh, fun, but if I want to have fun, you got to pay to play, and I want other yep. people to have a lot more fun as well as me out there. And, and I'm sure there's people cussing at me right now listening in. 
Would you like to come from, let's pick a state, I don't, Mississippi, all right? Planning on your elk hunt. Dream about it. You're watching Primos and whatever other uh, sh- uh, shit, you know, like that's going on. And yep. you want to head out. You, you got all these ideas, right? You, what's going to happen? And then you come out and you get your dick kicked in the ground. You don't even see an elk. And you head yep. back. And that becomes the norm. What I'm talking about is making the norm, having some opportunities. And people do have them, right? There, There is success. But having a better opportunity with less people, I think over the counter with caps or no over the counter, you know, just to draw takes a little more effort, possible increase in the price of tags for the betterment of the wildlife, the wilderness, the national forest, like have a better opportunity. Yeah. I, I don't think it's something you, I mean, I don't think it's something you can avoid or ignore. I mean, like being in some of these camps, seeing which the way this goes, I don't think it turns around. I mean, some of the, like I said earlier, some of the, you know, some of the prices, I, I some of the prices you see on mule deer, and, I mean, I'm not ignoring sheep and everything else now, but, you know, mule deer and elk and some of these things, they're just going up and up. And it's not, I mean, yes, inflation, all that stuff, but it's supply and demand and there's a lot of demand. I mean, there's, you got big names talking about, you got Rogan talking about clean, the best meat ever. He, 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 the way he explains elk, elk is good, but Rogan makes it sound better than elk. It's like he goes above and beyond, which is good. I mean, he's promoting hunting. I think it's good for maybe staying legal, but there's, it's crowded out there. And a good experience is, I mean, I'd rather hunt every, I'd rather have my own tag every other year, every third year and have a, just an awesome experience. I was dying just completely looking forward to than going every year in an area that I didn't. And that's, there's a balance there with guys with money and guys with time, guys with time can, there's, there's still a lot of big animals out there. You can get it done. Guys get it done all the time. Um, they spend a lot of time, but for the normal guy that works a job and wants to go out for a week of hunting, like it's getting tougher and tougher without a little bit of some, some inside info, some, 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 you know, some pins on a map, some trail cam work, like it's getting harder to do. Well, so let's break I, it down. I don't know how you can ignore it. Let's yeah. break it down mathematically. Okay. Uh, yeah. You come out five years in a row the way that it is right now. And I'm going to use Colorado um, mm-hmm. in that five years and everybody listening in, and these are actually statistics or whatever. I think it's a five to 7% success rate over the counter. Okay, so you come out and and let's say you asked me 10 years ago, hey, Aaron, can can you go kill some type of an elk on public land in five to six days? Yeah, no problem. I can get that done Um, and and did for a long time. Um, Yeah. Now, would you do it? Eh, I can get it done. It's probably going to take closer to two weeks. Rough numbers. Okay, so we're talking about the difference of four to five days uh, or a couple weekends, right? A couple long weekends in comparison to two weeks. Okay, so I am losing my my pay or taking vacation uh, to and losing money that way to spend longer to take an animal down to where if I paid more for a tag, couple hundred bucks more, let's say, to get it done in five days net. Like, like as far as savings is astronomically different, that extra money in that tag 
or the opportunity, the better experience, far outweighs paying a little bit more for the tag. Now, obviously, like you said, time constraints and everything else. And some people, the way that I had explained it before was, look, if you can hunt every other or every third year, but most years you were hunting in those five, you were just bow hiking anyway, right? You weren't, you weren't, didn't have a chance to kill anything anyway. Maybe the year you don't go, come out in July and learn the area experience that, right? Get out in the outdoors, take some photos, go backcountry fishing, learn your spot, not during season, obviously, before season. And then that next year, you get to actually go hunting. You're making yourself a better woodsman, getting your gear dialed in, getting in shape, learning the wilderness, learning the outdoors, you know, maybe not getting a divorce because you took your wife with you. Not a bad idea. I've been through a few. Um, and then that next year, you got to experience. Yeah, that that most from hunting. Um, you've been yeah. you were there for one. Um, I was actually on the mountain with you for, for actually actually there. Kind of put it into the put it into the hunt. Yeah, exactly. Um, not 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 a bad. Uh, you know, not a bad. Not a bad. Uh, what what do you want to call that? Like. Um, you know, you, 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 you're give and take, right? I mean, you, 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 it's not a bad trade. Yeah. You, I mean, if you want to, if it were all things equal, we're assuming and hypothetically, then there's exceptions for guys that are getting after it. We already know that, but we're talking pretty average and opportunity. What you could you trade that where you maybe, maybe you get an animal every three years or you hunt every year for five years or 10 years. And you, then you kill an animal. Like if you could, if you could up, like some of these areas I've been to have spoiled me. Like it's hard for me to go back to some of the areas I grew up hunting. Like I honestly, I won't, like I got too much stuff going on to spend the time in there that it takes to be successful. If I want to go backpacking, I can go backpacking. If I want to go hunting, I want to go to a high success area. So I've been in some of these areas that have ruined me compared to what these areas are at now. I don't want to go fight 30 guys walking up the same logging road to the same clear cut. I'm not doing it. And that's me getting older and spoiled. I'm, I'm not denying any of that. It's just if, but if you could, if you could cut tag numbers, people could, departments still get their money. Management's great. Put in some, maybe some four point minimums or three point minimums for deer and, and, and cut down tag numbers. And now you're going out and seeing mature bucks. You're seeing rutting activity. You're seeing deer act the way that they should act, not running in people's headlights, driving up logging roads before daylight, and getting in the blackberries or whatever. I mean, again, we're talking on, we're talking averages here. I, I just can't, I want people to experience like how good, and I, and I didn't even experience, I mean, we're still, we're in our forties. I was talking to my uncle who grew up in college and hunting Hart Mountain over the counter with a muzzleloader. Go out there, they said they would see 180 deer every single day. Over and over and over. You hunted with muzzleloader. You couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Killed a couple, but, you know, hunted out there and just had it. He said it was the best time he ever had in his life hunting. He hunted his whole life. And and can we go back to that? No, you can't. But if you could experience that a few times in a, you know, two, three times in a decade versus never in your life, what are you going to pick? Well, and let's like, say you, you got to I think you got to do something. You could get back to that, I think. And here's the thing. Like, I don't. The last couple years, I'm trying to think elk wise for the last four years I've had um, or three landowner tag and I drew a tag, right? Couple landowner tags, drew a tag. Um, the, the, I, there was pressure in the landowner tag and I didn't hunt on private land. We hunted public land. This was at South and I way into the wilderness, right? Yeah. Like 10, 12, 13, yeah. whatever miles in. Um Jeez. And, uh, you know, llamas one year, this year horseback and then on foot after that. And that unit, um, 
you know, we ran into people back there. There was pressure. Everybody I ran into got an elk. I, we bumped into people by the trail. South and I were, we're getting after it, right? We're going in pretty far with the crew we had. Um, and the kind of experience that when I die, I'm going to remember, you know, my wife, my daughter, my friends and those hunts, right? Like, you know, and I don't, I don't want the, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't, nothing against the San Carlos or some of the other really well-known, the Hill Ranch, right? Those are awesome places too. What I want is I want to get my dick kicked into the ground, but I want good chances for success. And that hunt with South is a good example yeah. of that. I don't think it would take yeah. that long to get public land back to that. I mean, think about it. If you closed one over-the-counter unit for three years, or two, that third year will be fucking rocking. Like, oh, can you imagine? Well, there's an example of it here. I don't even want to say the unit name, um, but they took a unit that was historically good in Oregon, and everybody here knows about it. It's not like a big secret, but I just, anyway, and they they started what they started doing. They reduced some tag numbers, but the main thing they did was they are aggressively hunting cougars in it um, with dogs. And it is incredible what it's done the last few years. It, and I mean, there's some, it seems so, I wish people would listen to it. All right. As luck would have it, I ran out of Skype credit. I didn't even know that was possible. Uh, you were, you were uh, <laughs> saying when I lost you, I wish people would listen to, and then I lost you. Oh man. We just, just, I, oh, just, I kind of wish we get a little more input from hunters, outfitters, people that live out there and biologists versus you know, people in the office, political stuff. Like, we need to manage predators. That's a big issue. A lot of you guys know cats and wolves. You got to do a better job. Like in Oregon, the deer, a lot of problems are from predators. And so you add increase in tag numbers on that. It's not just tag numbers. That's part of it. There's a balance there. And I, I don't know how you change all this. And some of it's as, as pie in the sky as Matt's ideas, probably. Um, you know, I don't know if you can reverse cougar hunting here. I mean, I've seen, I've seen a bunch of cougars during daylight. I've shot four, three, four cougars now, just normal rifle hunting, which is unheard of for the first 20. I never saw a cougar for probably 25 years of my life. I'd see a track. I'd see, you know, you'd see where they're at, but you'd never see them out running around in, a, in daylight. And so I've been, you know, we've been seeing cats. I got one the other day. Like it's just, you, you, um, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting, um, there's, there's a lot of aspects, but I do think you got to do something. You can't ignore it. Numbers, whether it's numbers are up or people are hunting harder or whatever it is, there, there is, there's a lot of pressure out there. Um, I don't, what are your thoughts on the argument of, I don't, I can't, I don't have a great, I can see both sides of it in regards to, well, it's better to promote it because you have more people to vote for it. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but that's definitely the angle for a lot of people take. What, I mean, what do you think as far as voting? It feels like we lose every vote regardless. So I don't know. Like I, I saw a friend of mine, uh, Tanner Coulter, post and, and said something to the fact of don't yeah. give me that increased numbers uh, thing for the vote, uh, whatever. And, and he's a friend, right? I mean, we don't, all don't have to agree. Yeah, like um, yeah Coulter's a fucking stud. But – the thing yeah. is, is that I, 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 you know, from what I've seen so far, that when we lose, it's not by very much um, a lot of times. And sometimes it is, but there, there is strength in numbers. You can't deny that aspect of it. But as I say that, and I agree with what Tanner's saying as far as, you know, on the overcrowding portion, 
what we're talking about does fix that, right? It does, it does limit things. And, and I'm not, I, I, I'm not yeah. saying, I mean, $200 and 250 is a lot of money. It was to me at one time. It's not as bad now. I have oh, yeah. more money, but I think like yeah. this morning and I did this on a lower budget and anybody listening in saying, fuck you, Snyder, you're trying to increase prices. I know damn good well, and you work construction, you're stopping at the fucking gas station, you're buying a Mountain Dew, some ding-dongs and ho-hos, a burrito, whatever, and that's like 28 bucks. Well, multiply that. Yeah, it's that. not four bucks anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, yeah. Uh, I I, th- I think uh, I just got a message from someone and it's funny his ears are ringing too because he's not in a bad way he's he's uh, he is bringing up <laughs> the exact thing we're talking about in this text message pretty much and so you get you get um you, you it does check a lot of boxes as far as yes you may not get to hunt quite as much but when you do go hunting less pressure and more opportunity on the animals now with with um as people are probably cussing at the computer, like I said, right now, please keep in mind that if uh, the, the, the idea here is not what's necessarily best for each individual, a, as far as exactly what you want, it's what's best for all individuals and the wildlife. So for example, the, the shed hunting and pressure and all that stuff, right? Like um, there's a reason they closed down for photography and shed hunting the winter range in Wyoming. Right. It's in the rut. They've had enough pressure. You know, you get chuckleheads trying to get sheds. You got guys back there with the camera. Like, I I get it. Like, if somebody told me tomorrow, said, hey, man, you got to pay 75 bucks to go shed hunting. I'm not paying that much. Well, fucking shed hunting is not that important to you then, I guess. $75 isn't that much money. If you're dedicated. I just dropped $12,000 on a camera lens. Okay, I'm in a financial position. Photography is pretty important to me. I've been saving for this lens for a long time. It's more than most of my cars up until 2015. It was that camera lens is worth all in my cars, right? Any car I've ever bought. So is it a big deal for me to say, hey, Aaron, you got to pay 50 bucks to go photograph in the winter range between November, whatever to whatever. Man, if that's what I'm into, if I'm dedicated, that's what I want to do. Okay, then you have guys that aren't as dedicated. I get that. 75 bucks is not that much money. Now, when you when you when and I'm saying 75, 50, whatever, something to help not you, but help the wildlife, help the fish and wildlife, help the forest service. They need more help, right? They do uh, financially. Now, I don't know. I'm- yeah, well, and it's all, it's always, and it is helping you. It's scratch your back, you scratch mine. You're, I think it yields a better experience. If, if everything could go like, you know, if you cut down numbers, revenue stays the same, everyone spreads people out, tends people out a little bit, it's going to be a better experience for everybody. Yes, you can still go hiking if you want to go hiking. Like, you're not shutting everything down, but it's just, uh, it's, it's a tough one. <laughs> Because I can hear people yell at their computers too. Like, oh, uh, do it for the greater good. What is this communism? No, I hate that stuff. Like, like I, I get, I hear both sides of it. But what was that, Bernie Sanders? I mean, We're asking you yeah, exactly. one more time again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which you and I are so opposed to. It's not even funny. So it's like, it's funny having this discussion because. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it has to be had. Uh, we obviously don't know all the answers, but there's social media is not going away, so math ideas don't work. Onyx, you know, that's, right? Spartan Forge, yeah. But Google Earth, not going away. No, 
No, it's it's. Well, it's just, let's talk it's about that. All the information. If you take right? it away, it fucking far benefits me and John. I want it gone because oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I just. I, I've used, well, I mean, I, that's not true. I've used the, I use the old app called Gaia. I've used it forever. I don't know why I just started using it. And honestly, great. Property lines are great. Like all that stuff's great, but like, whatever. I just, it's not, it's not hard when you're in the mountains. It's kind of, to me, it's, I don't know how you could get lost in the mountains, but again, I haven't done a lot of land nav in Georgia and the pines flat forever. So that's a different thing. So but it, but what, in the mountains, I don't know how you could get lost. You just got there and you're hunting and it's just the way I grew up. I don't know. Well, and, and when I say it far benefits, it's because we live out here. We, we learn from a poverty yeah. level and we're, we're older. So we didn't have GPSs, um, yeah. you know, or, or, yep. you know, whatever, even yeah. range finders for that matter, whatever. But, um, yeah. Yeah. so I, I'm not trying to shit on everyone at all. I'm trying to help everyone or maybe have a different outlook. And, uh, you know, when I say it's not like I want game wardens beating down my, my door, but I also understand <laughs> there's some, f- there's some units that need more, right? And and I, dude, I yeah. put talks, I post memes about. I didn't plan on running this morning, but that game warden came in quick, right? I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I make jokes about it, but I mean, it's I, I it's like pol- like police, right? Like, yeah, there's always yeah. dickheads in the group. That yep. there's bad apples. For the most part, a good game warden, though. I mean, he, he's out there for the reasons he should be: protect the wildlife. That's their yeah. job, right? Make sure people yep. are protecting the wildlife, following the rules. Now, it, 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 it it's far worse than that because <laughs> when you look at like the Forest Service, right, trail crew teams, wilder, yeah. you know what I mean, wildland firefighters, all you know, budget cuts, all this different yeah. shit. I just think yeah. it's time, and I'm I'm a guy that I would self admit like I've thought about me, I've thought about my buddies and the hunting experience far more than I thought about other things until the last few years where I'm looking at it now of like, you know, I donate more to different groups that I believe in. Um, I try to help people more and, 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 and then I used to, but we all got to chip in and sometimes you got to make people chip in and, and what we're talking about kind of falls in line with that. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I mean, I just, again, but, and Honestly, it's a little selfish too. I mean, I want a better experience. I'd love to be able to take my kids out. I mean, we've got some, you know, nine, ten year old, nine, ten, eleven, you know, or nine, whatever they just turned ten and almost twelve, just turned to whatever. Right in there hunting. I, I like, man, I want to go out and just go local. I'm not. They're not coming to camp. They're not. They can't come on these crazy hunts with me. It's just expensive. I can't. You know, it's not going to happen. So, you hunting around here. That's what we got. And so, but I just don't. I don't want to roll them up to a gate with a bunch of guys that take off. I just, it'd just be nice to have a little more quality hunt. Yeah. For, yeah. You know, and I, I, I just did this podcast with Matt cause you know, whatever. And I think there's some dude that's up in Jackson hole. He's the guy that actually listed me, whatever I ranked for hunters fucking up hunting. I, I was fairly high, you know, pounding my chest. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're the bad guy. I know. And I was trying you to explain know. to Matt, I'm like, why am I the bad guy? I'm the dude that came up from this fight, chucklehead. I, I think he moved from out of state. He was not even from the West. I don't know. Maybe he was. And I, as I say that, I'm, you know, being funny, but it's like, I cut my teeth on public land hunting and believe me, people are like, do yeah. it for the gram. 
oh, believe me, I would do a lot more without Instagram. Right? I don't, then I don't have to yeah. wor- worry about being watched with a fine tooth comb or like a microscope over me. Exactly. You probably do Instagram the same way I do. I have a business. You have your shooting or whatever. And I like photography and I like motivating people by what I do, showing people what's out there, what can be done. Yep. Yep. I'm, if yep, I, 100%. Like, I like seeing cool stuff and I post cool stuff. Like, I, you know, and I shoot for companies. I do a lot of long range photo shooting. I shoot for companies and, like it or not, marketing on TV is more or less dead in a lot of ways. Social media sells stuff. It's good for businesses. It's good. It is what it is. You've sold a lot of Kafaro from social media. Yeah. And, Guys, it's not nothing wrong with that. Let's have some successful, you know, qual- companies owned by quality people that believe in the things that we, that we all believe in. Like, I'd rather have less money go to Amazon or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Use it to sell stuff. I'm all about it. Yeah, I think I just I think that obviously that gets very convoluted. But like as we're as we're talking about some of this, I mean, let's let's uh, get off the public land thing or whatever. And, you know, talk about like this year, South and I on our hunt, we had uh, like we had a, a um, we had a, a cameraman, super good kid, nice guy. And he, he kind of fell apart there, um, you know, in, in the hunt came out early. Right. You know, and and whether this was the case, I don't know, but it struck the conversation a few different times um, of was it because that, you know, he wasn't used to not having social media? Was it he didn't like the three days of rain? What I mean, whatever it was, not everyone's meant to be a backpack hunter. The thing is, yeah. is, is, is um, this has nothing to do with public or private land of you, I mean, when, when you, when you get into, when you spend an, a ridiculous amount on a camera lens, I really like photography, obviously when you yeah. like beating yourself up for eight, 10, 12, 14 days. I mean, those are the kind of hunts you and I like, right? I, I love them. And yeah. when you're not used to those type of, of hunts, right. Of, of, uh, you know, potentially starving a bit, uh, sunburnt water d- deprivation, um, yeah. you know, bad weather, whatever, you're not sacks itching, you got armpit rot, whatever, right? The the grind of that, mm-hmm. that hunt, that's not like mutually exclusive to public or private land or whatever, or when I say private, it's not, that's not just a public land thing. That's just certain types of hunts, right? That, that you have that. Yeah. How much do you think, because you're dealing with different demographics, you know, like tomorrow when social media, if it ends tomorrow, it doesn't change what I do. I, other than I'll have more time. Um, doesn't change yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. People make that a yeah. big deal. Like life would change greatly for some, it might. How many people do you think that's changing for? Just stop hunting because they can't post. Cool. Oh, I, from a percentage wise, I have no idea. I know it would be some. I mean, I see, I don't want to get too specific, but I see people, I see people at these shoots, these gun people that come out and they're doing it. They don't know anything, but they're out there taking pictures and posing and they got their guns and it's popular. And the same thing is with hunting. We all know, we all see it, but man, I, I wouldn't think it's not the majority by any means. There's a, I think it's a percentage, but I think most guys like to hunt and social media is just part of it is sharing their life. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think has social media changed it. Yes. Is it the majority? No. Are there people out there using it? Absolutely, but it's. I don't think it's a very big percentage. I don't know what it would be. Well, and I, 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 what do you, I, what yeah, do you think? I you think, think it's a bunch. No, I don't. I don't think it's as much as people 
you know, let it on to be because hunting is not fucking free, right? It takes some money to get into it. Now, if you get free stuff, like, you know, I get all that, whatever, like you get free gear. Yeah. But, you know, the the reality is, is like you, you can't, um, in the case of if hunting, if social media was gone tomorrow, if they blocked hunting from it. I'd probably still post photography, right? That's all I would probably post. I'd just post wildlife. It actually would make me be in the woods a lot more. I would be out there a lot more. Um, Different reasons in the sense of when I probably, when I say different reasons, meaning my, my, I would not focus on certain things as much as others, meaning my time, I would have more time, right? If I didn't have to have social media to, you know, my... Yeah. You know, there'd be YouTube videos we would still do. There would be certain things that would be different, but it wouldn't make me go less into the woods. It might make me go more because I would have more time. Now, I'm still going to take yeah. photos of backpacks. We need that or boots or whatever bow company or whatever product, you know, first whatever ads or, you know, it's life, right? I mean, you people yeah. act yeah. like it's the devil, right? And it may be for some, but it's like, I need to know if John Pinch is using a specific rifle or a boot and he just went on a hunt yeah. and I trust John's word. You know, yeah. if I don't know John, I need to see a photo and then I might shoot you a message or be like, oh, okay, he's using yep. this and John's a badass dude. Yep. Yeah. I just don't put it. Yeah, I, I think, I think hunting, like when you, like when you're talking right there, like, in reality, hunting pro- is tiny compared to, I think of some of the areas around here, some of the waterfalls that are kind of hidden. There's a falls actually pretty close to our house. It's not Silver Creek, but there's another big one that's, that's um, not really well known. And the last like five, we'd go up there, hike with the boys, and you'd never see anybody up there. And I was talking to somebody that went up there the other day, like, you couldn't even park there. And when you got there, there's people everywhere. And that's, that's because social media, if you want to talk about just people out there, like, social media gets way more people out running around in that habitat and changing stuff. I mean, think of all the people running 14ers in Colorado, like running through prime mule deer habitat. Like, I mean, that's your stomping grounds and wheelhouse, but I know that's happening because you see that all over all these, the endurance runners. And so, I mean, I don't want to be, you know, bitching about all this. I I want people to go outside and and exercise. All that's great, but it's kind of a, it's, it's like, it's just a reality. It is what it is. So how do you make the best of it? Because hunting is probably on the small scale in regards to getting people out there compared to someone posts a picture of a falls and then hashtags the location, you know, goodbye. There's 8,000 people Ooh. out there posing, having their chi- having their boyfriend take pictures of them in front of the waterfall. Oh, well, look so. at like that mule deer hunt of mine a few years ago. I had that. Well, I know what he scored. They killed him in rifle season. 203 buck was 32 and a half wide bedded below the trail when i say below like you know a cliff and but killable had people fucking around doing yoga on the flat rock above blew the deer out right and there was probably i don't know 30 40 hikers that came through that day um and i'm not pissing on hikers i like to go hiking but you, you you definitely when you look at it like let's just say from a photography standpoint um for the most part, any wildlife photographer I know, um, whether they hunt or not, respect the outdoors and, 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 and you know, they're yeah. very, very good about taking care of the environment um, yeah. and not being obtrusive. Um, when you get to just hikers, right, 
they don't know anything. A lot of them have zero idea about wildlife, which is why they get mauled and shit. And they're trying to, you know, get the fuck stomped <laughs> out of them, you know, get a selfie with me and the moose. Yeah. <laughs> and the like, hey, that's a good idea. That might kill you. But, but like, if you look at, let's say Guanella, yeah, yeah. Pa- Guanella Pass, Colorado and Artisan Point on Mount Baker, hundreds of vehicles, hundreds are parked there. Yeah. Yeah. Are they paying the tollman to go? No, they're not. Hunters are. Yeah. But do we want to charge them and have their foot in the door a little bit more for hunting? But, I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want them to gain ground. But, like, hunting is is a powerhouse as far as dollars and everything. But far worse for – I mean, I know for a fact in Colorado I helped do some of the study. Well, I say I helped do some of the studies. Some of the info I gave were used in some of the studies, as I understand it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, it was hikers putting the um, – uh, pressure, anxiety um, on the cows during calving time frame in these different areas that really hurt the numbers, push the elk out. It was hikers, not hunters. You know, oh, so yeah. I, I mean, hikers are a problem as well. Photography, like, you know, if I if I yeah. didn't have knew nothing about hunting, nothing, and yeah. I just went out and started photographing every place that I was at mule deer, Hey, look, here's a buck and whatever. And tagging where I was at, that's going to cause a lot of problem to hunting because if you're a smart hunter, you follow attention, you pay attention to backpackers and backpackers sometimes post animals. There's far more backpackers than hunters. A lot more. Yep. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's some steps. I mean, some of the steps in the right direction in regards to, you know, they are limited shed hunters during, you know, late winter, winter, late winter, fall and calf. Like, you know, they're trying to protect them. So there's movements. I think people are becoming more aware. I don't know what, I wish there was, I mean, I don't know if you could even get the numbers, but it would be very curious to know if you, if you charge, how, I'd be curious to know, like in an anti, in a politician, politician's world, the anti-politicians that don't like hunting, how big of an effect it is when someone just says, hey, here's the, here's the money that the hunters give us. They're like, oh, crap, never mind. Like, I wonder how much that's holding up legislation. I wonder how much that would change if – those are some numbers I don't know that would be – and it, I know, I know it would be hard to quantify, but it's, it's, a, it's interesting. I mean, I, you know it's got sway when you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars from what – uh, what's the Pittman Act, Pittman Roberts, Pittman all Roberts, the different, yeah. yeah, all the different acts and the money coming in. Like you can't, politicians care about, I have, have a very positive view of politicians. They care about money and you show them a couple hundred million dollars or what, I don't even know how much it is. It's, it's a pretty good chunk of money. I, I would have a hard time thinking they would ignore that. So there's power there. How much of that diminishes if you start charging hikers equally? It's like, well, all we got to do is raise the hiker charge a little bit more and we can take out hunting. I could see that happening. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind paying for the access if we're doing it right, but it sure seems lopsided in some of these areas. Um, I want good experience for my kids, for, for myself, selfishly, for my kids, for other people. Like the way you're going to keep hunters is, is by having a good experience. Like I don't care if there's all time record high numbers, guys are going to give it one or two years. Their wives are like, why are you going out there? You're spending all this money, all this time. You don't even see an animal. You get pictures of sunsets. Like, that's the reality. Like, you, people talk about hunter retention. Like, yeah, we're getting new hunters in, but are they going to stay? Not if you never see an animal. I just, you know, so there's some reality there, too. Like, yeah, maybe we're getting more people in, but are they going to stay? Uh, not if they don't see stuff. So you got to have quality. It's got to be a, 
you know, you got to feel like you can progress and you're actually someday bring some meat home to the family and, and, and do that. So there's a lot of topics. I'm by no means an expert. We're kind of spitballing here. Um, but I've been able to see both sides of it, getting up to the territories and getting some of these remote places and then comparing it to down here. Obviously it'll never be that just because of population, but what this was not very long ago is a lot different than it is now. And if we continue on that same pace, See, what's it going to be like in 10 more years? Like the difference in the last 10 years is noticeable. Um, and usually it seemed like it was like 50 years from 1900 to 1950. Maybe things changed a little bit, but from like 1950 to 1970, it changed a lot. And then you go into the eighties and the nineties and it feels like it's just accelerating with, you know, everyone beginning bigger and bigger animals, technology, bows are insane. Guns are insane. Razor, laser range finders access trail camp i mean there's a myriad of things um but i think just starting to have these kind of discussions is important because i think everybody regardless of if it's a little bit more money whatever the money amount is if that's part of it can fix i think everyone's open to that even if they react initially they get pissed and think we're idiots talking about it i think deep down you got to know long term you got there needs to be something done it can't be a free-for-all forever yeah out west out west, yeah, and uh, yeah, I I think uh, we probably beat this horse to death uh, enough, but I want to make <laughs> yeah. sure people listening yeah. in keep an open mind. Right, it's thought provoking conversation. I'm not saying I'm right or John is saying he's right, but it's something. No. There has to be something, and these are just some ideas that we're discussing. Um, you know, yeah. I am very much in favor of limiting some tags and potentially increasing price so the states don't suffer. I'm 100% um, you know, agreeing with the fact that there needs to be better management, better predator management, you know, things like that. But I don't I don't nor John or I are saying we have all the answers, but it's thought-provoking discussion and if anybody listened, I had a amazing conversation with Matt Ranella and it was very cordial. We yeah, it was good. Different. We didn't agree was, on everything. It was fine. No, it was totally fine. I, I've got a. It's a long podcast. You guys talked for man two plus that two almost three hours. I think yeah. I have. A, I've got. I listened to about two two and a half of it. So I didn't quite. I didn't was, get through it all yet. But that was yeah, probably the good, good part. It, I mean, I don't. I started drinking yeah, about two think, hours into it. <laughs> well, I can tell that Matt's getting a little bit. You you can kind of feel it. Like okay, getting a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more buzzed, but it's all good. But I just don't think um, there's reality. There's pipe dreams and there's reality. And while I probably agree with what I would say, a lot of it's pipe dream. And he said it himself. He goes, I'm tired of it. He goes, it's not changing. I thought more people would be into this. He's like, I don't think it's that people aren't into your ideas. I think your ideas are not realistic. And so let's, if we're going to do something. Let's live in reality and do something what we can do. And I think there are some things you can do. I think, I don't think Zuckerberg is going to delete Instagram. So no. deal with it. We have a better <laughs> chance of hunting getting deleted off of Instagram than Instagram being deleted. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. And that may happen. I mean, whatever. Who knows? So, yeah, I don't, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I like the. I think it's not a discussion that's talked a lot about. I think it, I think it will be more. I mean, we just got a rant about it for a while. I think it's be fun to listen to people that are definitely more educated and have some more numbers. I like to listen to you and Chris talk. I think he's probably 
if he's been thinking about longer, he certainly has more. Oh, Jesus, more dude. Back. He was wound up beta. tighter than an eight-day clock. <laughs> um, he was – because – and I, you have to understand what's the dynamic between a Chris and I and a John and I or or Pickett, you know, somebody else, John, uh, yeah. uh, Ryan Avery. And there, there's years of data, right? There's there's yeah. – we're going off of – especially in your 40s and your 50s, you're getting – and you you started from, from birth and you had different views – you know, when I say started hunting yeah. from birth, but basically, right, we're old enough to have yeah. a gun. Yeah. You know, you, sure. you you mature, right, as a hunter, you mature as an individual, you grow up and you learn different things. And when you when you just hunt, um, a, a, let's pick a state that, that doesn't allow baiting. Everybody that hunts over baits a piece of shit. Baiting sucks. Baiting's horrible. But let's face it, Texas and Oklahoma got it figured out, right? They're doing pretty good yep. down there. Um, Texas, you know, yep. high fence, I get that. I'm not a high fence guy. Although if somebody said, hey, come whack a bunch of animals in a high fence area, I would certainly do it. Um, but, it, you know, yep. whatever. As yep. you see wildlife management plans, it does make you, if you rewound and asked me years ago about baiting, I would have said that's stupid, lazy ass, whatever. And lo and fucking behold, I'm sitting over bait piles occasionally now with zero issue. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, what, oh, I I wanted to hunt when I was young and then I drew, I drew a Nevada elk tag and I could not believe it. I hunted public land unguided and I was just dumbfounded. I was like, it can be this good. Like granted hard tags to get, but there's a balance there. I don't have to be that good. You don't have to see 400 inch elk, man. It'd be fun to be able to see a 300 inch elk every once in a while in some of these units. And I think there's, there's, we're he- we're heavy on the opportunity, which is a good thing, but not I think it's too much of a good thing. We got a lot of people, so I think a little less on that and a little bit more on quality. But yeah, a hundred percent, dude. So let's talk about real quick before we we get off. We've we've beaten multiple yeah. other dead horses to death. Having the opportunity get to go on more than an OTC type hunt, some of the options. So um, yeah. w- one thing like. Um, we're not talking about doll sheep hunts and shit here, right? We're talking about yep. Doll, yep. hunts that are, let's say, between thirty-five and seventy-five hundred dollars. Something that, with work, is attainable uh, for most. And when I say with work, may take a couple of years. May have to sell some shit, a dirt bike you got in your, you know, whatever. Um, a lot of the issue that I see, and I'd be interested to get your feedback on this, is you don't need a new bow every year. You certainly don't need to buy the highest end clothing, and that's coming from a guy that just started a clothing company. You don't. What you need to focus on is get some good optics, and John brought that up in the first podcast. Good glass, dependable weapon, decent clothing, decent uh, footwear, and a good pack, right? A pack that's all of these things that are going to last. They don't have to match, right? They don't have to be the newest, latest, greatest. Uh, you know, get that gear. No, buy a used, buy used pretty much everything. It's great. And it holds its like from a used high end office. You take care of them. You're not going to, you're going to break even or make money on some of those deals. I mean, used packs, like used everything. Yeah. We want you to buy new stuff eventually. And that's fun too. I like new stuff, but. If you're stinking, don't need it. Like you can use what well, Heli Hansen makes great rain gear and you can get it for dirt cheap. A lot of people make great stuff. Yes. We all have nice stuff too, but you don't need, I mean, I hunted a lot of days in blue jeans, rubber boots and a, just a garbage coat. Like I just, 
yeah, froze. But I learned a ton, a ton. And when it got real nasty and you need to start a fire, you just start a fire. And you just, yeah, just basic stuff. But man, think about, think about what you can, everyone knows somebody, unless you're a hermit, but dad, if you're young, your dad's got a friend, you know, somebody somewhere who's got some property. Hey, you're dirt poor. Hey, could I cut, you know, could I cut firewood for you? Could I work on the fence? Could I, is there anything I could do to be able to hunt a deer here this fall? I mean, there's, there's so many different angles. If you think a little bit outside of the box to be able to get to some cool areas, that's before, you know, gear, landowner tags, stuff like that. I mean, you can do some of these things real cheap with a little bit of thought. So, well, and, and what, what, uh, what some of the things that was, uh, Matt and I talked about is like, I was like, Matt, I'm not paying for hardly any hunts. Like I paid for a grizzly hunt. Um, Kafaru did. I paid for a mule deer hunt yeah. and a goat hunt. But like, you know, if you, you, um, you gotta, you gotta be ready to ha- work. Right. If you are good yeah. at splitting firewood as John mentioned, mm-hmm. knock on a door, you know, if it say, Hey, look, I'm not looking to shoot the biggest animal you got. I'm happy with a cool buck. But man, if, if if I could work my ass off and, and get a hunt, you know, on this land, is that possible, right? Um, you know, or or the landowner tag thing. If you can find a landowner tag or a trespass fee, work some side jobs, right? Um, you know, that's how I survived forever was putting in freaking shower doors, helping my buddy wire houses, roofing. I do not suggest <laughs> roofing. Roofing fucking sucks. No. Yeah, that's a horrible no, side. No, job. no drywall, no roofing. <laughs> yeah, concrete is <laughs> in the I, same I don't list. Landscape maintenance either, by the way. <laughs> mm. Well, I was I was talking to Amy about this, you know, recently of like, if you to at today with the with where we're at right now in in this state of affairs we're in, if yeah. you're a good good person and a hard worker. You can own everything, yeah. man. You can crush it. I, I I'll take Kenneth and Dan, the two kids that work for us, and Ryan Barnwell more than eager to help. Right. I've, I've helped them out on all kinds of hunts. They help me like I'm gone. They'll go, you know, of course there's gonna be, they'll help my wife. That's why I get the pool boy, uh, bill and I don't have a pool, but they'll come over if she needs help with something. Um, there you go. more than willing to do whatever it takes. Right. They'll volunteer. If we need a guide, they'll come down. Right. And they'll, they'll drive, they'll do whatever. You got to have the dedication. You got to go. And so, when I say that, meaning if somebody says, hey, I have an opportunity for this, this, and this, uh, it's going to cost, I don't know, let's say 750 bucks, right? And I'm just spitballing here to get on this land. Man, if you can save 750 and, you know, what kills me isn't the guy that can't afford it. I get that. It's the guy that says I can't afford it. And then he strolls in with brand new Kuyu and Sitka. Like, why they didn't fucking give you that, right? Did you really need yeah. that? Because you could have used that. And and this is a guy that I have an outdoor company, yep. a couple of them. And yep. rewind. And it like, as you know, like I wore Mamut Cormier pants forever. And that's basically yeah. that pant and the Timberline is how we made the frontier with Born Primitive. I had yeah. one good pet pair of pants that I hunted in. I may have been funky, but fuck, they were good, right? I had one good backpack. Right. I had one of everything to make it happen. There wasn't like, oh, what am I going to take today? It was all I had. And I strongly encourage for people like buy once, cry once, use it until the wheels Mm -hmm. fall off. Save your money on other hunts. John, what what would a hunt, let's say, cost if you were going to Alberta? What's the average bow hunt in Alberta? Oh, for like mule deer? Yeah, for mule deer. 
Oh, they're they're gone up a lot. I mean, it's over ten grand easily, like fourteen to sixteen thousand on some of the ones we've been looking at, and, and higher. And, and it's it's expensive. Gotcha. And you can and you have to go guided. At a non-resident, you can't you cannot be out there without a guide. Yep, so it's you, a different. You, you got to go. go by tag. That's the whole hunt. Yeah, and I I was looking at eighty five to twelve five was was kind of what I but I haven't looked in a little while. But they're expensive. So. With with that hunt, you are looking at for most people probably going to need to save for two to three years, right? Let's say you're going to save three to four grand a year, but you got to have the dedication yeah. to do it. Look at something like with Ryan Rotier, right? Uh, he has a place in South Dakota. That's more like fifty five hundred, five grand to fifty five. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, it's private land. You're probably going to get an animal. You're definitely going to have some opportunities. My buddy Scotty, the owl dad, you know, in that. F- Mm-hmm. 45 to 10 grand range. There's a lot of different hunts that you can do if you're wanting yeah. to experience more action, right? Less bothered, more, more realistic stocks, whatever. Yep. So with having said that, like when, when I know when the rut was I in as a gear junkie, if you're buying, and this is also living a better life, water is free. Don't drink soda. Don't buy Gatorade every day. Don't buy, you know, energy drinks or, 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 you know, buy powdered. It's cheaper and lasts longer. Um, you can save a lot of money really quick by doing that. Yeah. Just, it's just priorities. I mean, it's priorities. And in the meantime, you're not going to make 10 bucks an hour forever. Uh, you're, if you're, if you're hardworking, you're aggressive. I mean, I think some of the, the qualities and the things you learn from hunting diligence, sticking with it when it's tough and grinding stuff out, those are, those go back and forth. I mean, some of the best hunters are, are they work hard. Like a lot of the guys that know you go hard, you can't go hard in one area and suck in the other generally. So a lot of these guys are, you don't meet like, it seems like in the hunting world, I don't meet like beach, like when I skied, there were ski bums that didn't do a whole lot they smoked a lot of weed and they lived on the mountain but i feel like hunting's like a little different like you got to grind and it kind of trip plays over into career and income and you got to be with it and i think you know as you get older your income is going to grow too so it's going to open it's going to open things up as well i mean we're talking to like teenagers and early 20 guys you know in school um grinding's grinding and you can put in a lot of different competition work family having a decent you can you know, you can overload, overlay that into a lot of different areas of life. So definitely hopefully your money goes up too. So. Yeah, it will it work hard. It'll go up, um, for sure. But yeah. Well, man, I've taken yeah. quite a bit of your morning up since I did not <laughs> record correctly the first time. I apologize about that. No worries. No worries. Yeah, it was a little weird. Hopefully it came through all right for the listeners and everybody just like some things we second it was kind of quite a bit different but we overlapped a little bit so it's a little different talking about it but but yeah no i, I appreciate you as always uh love hunting with you you're a blast um uh yeah appreciate what you're doing so yeah same same with you can you tell everybody you got some videos coming out where they what those are going to be called where they can find you that kind of thing yeah um so just instagram john panch is j-o-n-p-y-n-c-h uh post you know some hunting stuff there competition stuff it's mostly just shooting hunting i don't do you know much family or anything like that just for that so post that on there i'll post information in the videos it's going to be under mountain forged uh matt allen buddy talked about we're kind of working together get a lot of requests for hunting guns that's what we do is like long range shooting and competition that's kind of what we're living right now and and hunting and so those things uh play together 
um, kind of starting to work on providing some hunting guns and a few other products for long range kind of hunting stuff. And so the videos probably will get posted under mountain forge. We're working on them should be out here. First one, the doll sheep hunt should be out here shortly. Thinking kind of the eight to 10 minutes, nothing real long. Just kind of, like I said earlier, I just want to show people like my buddies. I can't take up there. I kind of want to just show them where it's at, not talk about me much or that stuff. I just want to show that it's just, it's cool places. So I'm excited to share that. But yeah, follow Instagram, um, and we'll kind of go from there, uh, sharing it. So um, I'm excited to get some of these things out. Video's weird. It's a lot. I love photos. I don't. I'm not necessarily love talking on video, but we're working on it. So getting all that stuff figured out should have some some pretty cool clips. So I'm excited to share. Cool, cool. Well, there you go. And yeah. I I can say like yep. firsthand. John Pinch is, and I've mentioned this before, if I got to pick three guys when the world ends, John is on the top three. Um, and good guy to hunt with, <laughs> always laughing, and uh, yeah. not a guy I want shooting at me. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I'm right back at you, man, right back at you. So mm. always always good talk with you. I hope, I'm glad you're excited about Wyoming. It sounds like a pretty cool place. I've been I've been looking for property. I, I like Oregon, but I've been shopping. So who knows what? the next few years will bring so we'll see (laughs) right on man well cool i appreciate everything yep you bet have a good day talk to you later see ya bye